Hello, and it's a warm welcome once again to the Exchanges Discourse podcast. My name is Dr. Gareth Johnson, and we are a companion podcast to the Interdisciplinary Exchanges Journal published at Warwick by the Institute of Advanced Study. Each episode, we often talk to authors who have published with the journal about their research, their academic publication experiences, and of course, their advice for new authors. Or sometimes, of course, we focus in on developments for the journal itself, around scholarly communication in general, or even just guidance for potential contributors. Today, though, I'm going to be talking to one of our recent authors once more. Well, today I am joined once again by a guest who's been one of our recent orders. So I'd just like to say welcome, Pavel Fedotov. It's great to have you with us today. Nice to meet you, I guess. Yeah. I'm not really sure what to say, you know. <laughs> I know, it's always very weird, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice, nice to see you on the screen, isn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, I always like to you know, um, ask my guests to kind of introduce themselves a bit more and give us a bit of context about who they are, what they've been up to and uh, where they're based at the moment. So over to you, Pavel. Like I've, I've studied essentially at the like at the UK um, at the University of Manchester for about I think three years and mm. um, I've studied like um, I've been in the UK for four years I think mm. in total yeah and like um, like I think I've really enjoyed it but the, like the political climate right so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we could we could talk about that for a long time so. <laughs> so, so so what's your disciplinary background then? Would you, how would you describe that? I'm not really sure how to describe it because like, um, I was really surprised by the flexibility of like choosing modules at the mm. University of Manchester. Mm. And like essentially I could choose uh, a lot of modules from uh, other discip- uh, mm. disciplines. Mm. Mm. And like, I, I, like personally, I really liked uh, like some uh, like more mathematical backgrounds or like mm. more kind mm. of engineering. Mm. Things and I've like took a lot of uh, modules from um, like related to uh, data science, like data mm, science. Mm, I think. Mm, mm. Also, got very much a growing area, data science, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, um, it's I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's like it's not really called data science. It's more like um, econometrics, or yeah, I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure how it's called in like academic <laughs> setting. <laughs> like there are, there are a lot of disciplines of like different kind of data. Yeah, but it's not called data science. <laughs> well, it's all right. I, I come from a cultural studies background, and I always remember one of the things I read when I was studying it was cultural science uh, studies is explicitly interdisciplinary and non-disciplinary. And it's this very confusing idea that, you know, I'm not within a discipline. I'm all disciplined somehow simultaneously. I'm not. I'm in the, I'm in the humanities, let's be honest. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that great with maths these days. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so um, I think like I was really surprised by like how how much I like I like math, and I decided to pursue mm. it further. And like my um, like like my undergraduate um, program is called actually like business and economics, mm. so it has mm. no relationship to to math either. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. It's good. It's good to have lots of specialties in your back pocket. Really, I have to say. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like for some reason, I just like like mathematics. But then, like when I actually got into the program, it was just too boring. So I yeah. <laughs> I decided not to, not to go that route. Let's say, do you have any ambitions of where it's going to take you next? Do you think as of yet, or is that still very much uncertain? I mean, like I wouldn't mind actually studying like further, but like at the current like like with mm-hmm. the current events, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure 
it will mm. happen like in a few years time probably <laughs> oh, sorry right. if you you could be like me I, I i went back into my early in my early 40s to university after going I'd, I'd finished in my 20s i'd done my degrees I'm like no 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 i'll go on and then i had the opportunity to go back and study and be a nice mature student and it was it was great it was a lo lovely opportunity right i had a career before i went back so it's <laughs> <laughs> So obviously we, we got you on today to talk about your article that you wrote for us, which I was so pleased we got in the most recent issue. Um, if, you haven't <laughs> read it, if you haven't read it, it is called Critical Analysis of the Electric Vehicle Industry, Five Forces and Strategic Action Fields. Now, if people haven't read it, Pavel, do you want to tell them a little bit about what the article is about? Yes. I mean, it's probably not the, the most up-to-date article on the, on the mm. like electric vehicle industry and the sustainability like I think I've started writing it like about maybe three years ago, something <laughs> like that. And uh, I decided to combine the the, um, the knowledge that I got from the, from studying uh, mm. business and economics and um, explore like innovative uh, innovative uh, technology. And mm. Uh, mm. I've essentially um, like by writing this article, I think um, I've explored the electric vehicle industry from like a, a critical perspective. Mm. Of, uh, mm. Mm. Yeah. What's happening essentially in, like in the industry? Yeah. I, I was saying I thought it was, it was a really useful article because obviously we're we're a journal for you know interdisciplinary readers. Something like this that brings together something as you done in a sort of very readable format that kind of goes through it and actually also gives a, a theoretical framework for folks to work with. I think it makes it a really useful article. You know, I mean, I'd not actually come across the five forces model myself beforehand, so that was, you know, for me, it was that was very eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, like there are a lot of frameworks, and uh, I don't know, like uh, I come from like a culture that is like really based on more like more certain things, and I'm mm -hmm. uh, like I'm not really sure if these like frameworks actually bring forth um like a lot of uh, things that you can actually determine if they're right or wrong mm, mm. So, like for me it was really interesting to see like if it can be useful or mm, mm. yeah how useful it can be actually like mm. this, th th these frameworks and like with a lot of um like i'm not really sure if uh, like um, a lot of people know about the um, like consulting industry and what benefits it brings and it's like a very contro uh, controversial topic as well mm, mm. so yeah like yeah for me it was like a really interesting um way to explore all of this mm. yeah i guess i think that made, it's why it made for a good article because you know as you say you're exploring it yourself as you're as yeah. you're writing the article yeah i remember when i was trying to work out the theory for my, my doctorate and I read so much and I wrote so much that I, I've never used effectively because eventually you decide, no, no, this isn't what I'm going to explore any further. But those explorations were still useful. They've still sort of supported me as I go on. So, yeah, but and so hence the reason it's great to have an article that ex explores something and does come to a point as well. So. How did you find the process yourself as a, as a writer? I mean, you know, it's one of your, I presume it's one of your very first articles you've written. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how did, how, did you, how did you go about it? How did you know, kind of get yourself motivated to write this article? I was actually, like, in the, I think, second year of my studies mm. when I wrote mm. this. And, like, um, I began actually applying for jobs and mm. looking for, yeah, looking for more opportunities, like, and I realized that like my resume was not as strong as like of mm. my peers. So um, like there were some opportunities at the University of Manchester and like um, it was really close for me to getting like the, the opportunity with, uh, mm. I guess, econometrics mm. department uh, with like uh, the, 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 yeah. So I think like 
I was really close with getting that opportunity like during the summer, but like essentially I failed. So I decided <laughs> to to look for like other ways to like I guess separate my my resume from the rest. And I essentially like locked locked myself in like during the summer writing this article. <laughs> I recognize that technique myself and I have to write something. I I shut myself in a room, I put <laughs> headphones on. I have to take away any kind of other distraction and just write. <laughs> so I, I, I certainly re recognise that technique that you described. I was writing something, uh, funnily enough, over this summer myself as well. And I just, I just, I put earplugs in, I put my headphones on, and I went, I'm not even going to open my email today because if I open my email, I'll start being distracted. <laughs> I'll, I'll start doing other things. I just know my brain is of such a kind, it will always find a displacement activity to go away and do instead of the writing. So I just sit and write, write and write. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I find editing's far easier once I've got a block of text. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I can come back and work on it. I mean, I, I, somebody years ago described it to me, it's like sculpture. Starting with a sculpture is hard. You have a block of marble, you have to chip away. When you have a shape, you're refining the shape that's easier you kind of know where you're going and i always think when i'm writing for me that's how it is it's like once i have a shape it may take many more hours to get it into the shape i want it to but i can it's it's somehow not as much effort i mean do you have any advice you pass on to other writers because obviously we get a lot of folks who write for exchanges who it's their first article i've actually i've uh, i've read a couple of articles before i decided to uh... So to, to essentially to, to submit my own mm. article. And I've noticed that like a lot of articles really vary on the size of, on the size of the article, on the mm. format, mm. on the topics that people write. And, but I think like the common thing is essentially people are really interested in what they're um, writing about. They keep on yeah. it. <laughs> pick, pick a topic you love really, isn't it? So, well, it, it was very clear this was a topic that meant quite a lot to you as well. So that, that just certainly came through. Um, and maybe that's as we come back to that whole idea of that sculpture. You know, if, if you're doing it with a passion, it's slightly less effort than if it's something you're not so keen to write about. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So what's next for you then? What, what are your plans for going forward? Like I'm not sure to be honest. Like I wouldn't mind maybe like submitting more more articles. Uh, yeah, but like there's so it's many a, it's, there's it's so many things. I was going to say it's a slippery slope when you start submitting more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> One article a day, I guess. <laughs> do, do you know, I, I, I once met a professor down in uh, one of the London universities. Who, I, I swear, I think he wrote like that. I don't think <laughs> he publishes three books a year. He <laughs> so many articles. I don't know how he sleeps. I really don't. So I do, or if he sleeps. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but like um, I think like through through the years, um, I've like I've mastered a lot of skills and. Mm. Um, yeah, I've noticed like with the with the like the political instability, mm. um, like the probably like the tasks that you can do like remotely, like those skills actually pay off a lot. Mm. So yeah, like I've learned how to code and um, yeah. always vital. When I used to teach cultural studies, it was one of the things we always told the students: you know, learn to code. It's such a essential skill in pretty much any discipline you're in, in any career. Um, it will pay dividends. It really will. Well, Pavel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I've, I've enjoyed our little chat today. It's been really nice to talk to you. Yeah, it was really nice to meet you. And my thanks there to my guest for coming in to talk with us. 
For now, you've been listening to the Exchanges Discord podcast with myself, Dr. Gareth J. Johnson. If you wanted to find out more about the journal, there is, of course, a link in the episode description. Or, of course, you can always find us online by searching for Exchanges Journal Warwick. If you'd like to get in touch with a question about about the podcast to discuss a potential submission, or indeed anything else relating to the journal, you can always reach me via exchangesjournal at warwick.ac.uk or on Twitter or Mastodon as exchangesias. Thank you so much for listening, and please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to make sure you catch every single episode.